expectations. What would your journey to motherhood be like if you had realistic expectations of how motherhood unfolds? Tune in as I interview a variety of moms and get their understanding on their raw, vulnerable truths of their journey to conception, pregnancy, postpartum, breastfeeding, working motherhood, and their parenting techniques. Listen in for some insight and some inspiration. It's important to get vulnerable and real because there are a lot of inconvenient truths that you just aren't told. Tune in if you like to hear the things no one else tells you. Enjoy Vida de Madre con Mari Vega. Hi, listeners. So today's guest is Yesenia Mercedes. Yesenia and I found each other when we were doing a, a planting, like a repotting planting Zoom class for Mother's Day. And after the class, she reached out to me and it just felt cosmic for us to link up because... She just felt like she was ready to share her story, and I had the platform ready for her to provide us that story. So after two years of trying to conceive, she underwent multiple tests to check for her fertility issues and ended up discovering she had what's called the fallopian tube blockage, which was getting in the way of her ovulation on one of her fallopian tubes. Being diagnosed with infertility led her to be hard on herself and have a few struggles with her mental health. So she ended up just turning to her faith and really trusting that she would just let go and let God. And she has such a strong, beautiful testimony of an experience um, where God really gave her a message. And uh, interestingly enough, after a long journey to conception, including IUI and a a chemical miscarriage, she ended up uh, walking away from the whole process um, and focusing on her marriage and on her her faith. And they ultimately ended up getting pregnant on their own after over well over two years of trying and, and going through all of this. So please listen in. It's a testimony of releasing control, of letting life happen on its terms when it needs to happen. And it's just such a beautiful story. So I hope you enjoy it as much as I enjoyed listening to it. Thanks for tuning in. Hey, listeners, thanks for tuning in today. I have another Instagram. This is Yesenia, and um, her and I connected, like, straight up on the internet. Yes. Actually, after um, a planting mama, like, Mother's Day event, right, yes. hosted by the fabulous Tatiana, and actually... Tatiana has also been on the podcast, so her episode is in the works, and um, Justinia just contacted me after the class and was like, hey, I'm into some of the things you're into, we should talk, and we jumped on the phone, and before you knew it, a million other certain, you know, (laughs) things we have in common came up, and that's what I love about this community, is that I have literally been putting out the energy for three years to meet amazing Latina mamas, and you guys are showing up at my doors. I'm so excited to have you on today. Thank you for coming on. Of course. Thank you for inviting me and wanting to hear my story. Absolutely. And you are actually kind of, I think, at the point where you're ready to share your story. And so is this kind of one of your, you know, um, first times kind of putting it out on a public platform yes yes so um I have been so during my entire like pregnancy I was very scared to like share um my story um just because I you know had experience well you don't know but I probably will be talking about it about like a miscarriage you know I'm trying to conceive for such a long time and I was trying to be um take that moment so sacred and not um share as much and in my personal account I did share after I was about six months or seven months already that I was pregnant only my close friends and my close family knew that I was pregnant um a lot of people probably suspected because I was not posting as much or things like that. But I was just taking that moment and like protecting that journey um, before I was able to feel comfortable with sharing. Yeah. And, you know, I do know a little bit about um, that background. So let's um, 
tune in our listeners. So what, where would you like? Okay, to well, um, I could begin in the sense that I my husband and I started um, trying to conceive um, back in 2016. I went off the birth control pill, which I would not recommend anybody to go on birth control. That's just my personal opinion. Um, after I gave birth, I don't want any birth control at all. Um, but we were trying for two, it ended up being like, trying for two years and nothing was happening um I kept having missed periods I thought that I was pregnant I was um taking tests with ovulation t- um tests and I was taking pregnancy tests it just became like such like a homework kind of thing and I was just um how could I say I was just like involved and in, like oh my god am I pregnant am I not pregnant and I had those like up and down moments because I was like what is going on with me I don't understand up until you know I spoke to my fr- one of my friends who um, saw a fertility specialist because she had fibroids and she said like listen why don't you just go and, and check with a fertility specialist and see if there's anything going on and if there is then you know he could help you and if there's not like that you'll know that there's nothing going on and then we could like he could try to maybe give you some tips to do um so you know I was nervous about it because I was like oh my gosh am I gonna have to do like IVF like that was just some of the things that I just didn't want to do and it was not because I didn't believe in IVF I know so many women that have um been successful and you know have had beautiful children and Uh, through IVF and thank God for IVF because science is amazing Um, but I was just nervous about like the hormone shots and all those things but of course I just went like Mm -hmm. crazy about that and I was like you know what let me just you know not be ignorant to the fact and let me just go visit a fertility specialist Um, and yeah and then we started that journey of seeing a a fertility specialist I had to go through different blood work um, different tests like checking my fallopian tubes and when they did check the fallopian tube they noticed that I had one of my fallopian tubes had blockage um the liquid that they put in um nothing that I did or nothing that the doctor was doing um was um going through that tube so he said definitely you have a blocked um fallopian tube however you are still able to get pregnant however you would need some help um because it would be hard to know if you're ovulating on that in the correct area or not um so then that just began my journey and like you know I was being hard on myself like did I do something wrong or um something's going on and he's like no sometimes that that happens you know it could be it could be birth control pills it could be different things and you know he mentioned a couple of things and I was like okay so let's just continue and and start what we could do um and you know I didn't have a a period a, a like a normal period like every month on every 30 day or every 28 days that was not my situation so that was also another issue I wasn't ovulating correctly or I wasn't ovulating at all um, and that's one of the reasons why I always thought that you know when my husband and I were together like the next month I didn't have a period I thought well, I guess I'm pregnant. And that wasn't the case for a whole two years. Um, so it was a, a really, it was a very interesting situation. Um, but I'm, I'm grateful for my friend who recommended me to see the fertility specialist. And I was able to um, get to the bottom of what was going on. Now, I think that you might have mm-hmm. alluded to this a little bit, but like, you know, especially I think, you know, you didn't share your background with listeners, but you, yes. know, you also are a Latina. And in our culture, there's sometimes maybe an intention that people um, right. just think like we're fertile and just yes. think like we're supposed to have kids when yes. we're like with a partner, right? So you're going through mm-hmm. all of this, right? What, what, how did you feel uh, when you had to go see that specialist? Because I know that sometimes it, it's a whole process to even um you know except that you you know have to look at what's going right so yeah we do have that misconception right because they say latinas just pop babies that's what the people say right like they always say it 
like oh yeah mm-hmm. we're used to popping mm-hmm. babies and whatnot and you know maybe that was something that was ingrained in my mind and I didn't really um, pay attention to it as much until I was told I was given the diagnosis of infertility right um and but I thought I was like, what is wrong with me? Um, so I, I, I struggled with that. And, you know, I'm also a social worker. I work with um, I used to well, I used to work with um, children and, and families um, for the past 10 years. And I, you know, I, I have I have been able to guide them through their mental health aspect and during this time I was being really hard on myself and then it wasn't like it wasn't my like my fault so I just kept thinking to myself I was like is this karma of of me like is this like something like you know because of things my transgressions Mm -hmm. my my past transgressions that that happened in my life decisions that I've made um you know and then that I was just being very hard on myself and Mm -hmm. I was like um you know I'm then I kept saying I was like I'm Latina I should I should be able to like you know have baby like it's it's something that we're meant to do it's something that we're meant to be able to just breed um children right um and then I had to like literally find a ground in myself and you know speaking to different people and um being able to like them telling me like you know you are you have come such a long way you have you know um forgiven and um you have asked for forgiveness you have repented you know like like you have got you've gotten to this level of your life that don't think about it that way and and that's one of the reasons I had to like literally let go of that shame and and um issues that I maybe struggled with um in order for me to fully be a part of this journey of towards motherhood um and I think that that was one of the the reasons why I was able to like let go and literally let God and I know as maybe cliche that may sound because so many people say it but I really had to say I need to let go I need to let go of anything that is stopping me of who I was before and who I am now is a totally different person you know I'm not the same person I was yesterday let alone the same person I was a couple of years ago Interesting. I mean, I definitely agree with a lot of what you're saying. And so I guess bring us to, you know, that that journey. So mm-hmm. okay, you get diagnosed with this um, fallopian yeah. tube that's blocked. And so how are you guys eventually able to conceive? What, so what then, um, like? so then, you know, I we literally told the doctor, okay, so what's the next step? And he said that the next step was an IUI, um, which is an insemination. It's not IVF, as as many people may know. Um, IVF is clearly like you know on a dish, um, the sperm and the egg, and then it gets fertilized, and then they put it in the woman. But the IUI was more of my husband providing the the sperm, them cleansing the sperm and then um, the doctor literally inseminating me with the clean and the best sperm <laughs> that they say you know my husband has yeah. um, I yeah. you know they, they said okay that's the next step so they told me that I had to be on some pills called Clomid, um, which helps me ovulate. Um, I had to go to the doctors um, like every other day um, to see how I was ovulating, if I was ovulating on the on the open fallopian tube. And then after that, then um, I had to get like ACG injections as well. Like, okay, so she is ovulating. Let's go and like up the ovulation cycle kind of thing. And that's what the um, HCG injection is all about. Um, and then they were like, okay, so now you get to come this day. And I did the IUI. Um, you know, I, I was nervous. It wasn't, it wasn't like a lot of hormones in me. However, they, you know, they, I had to still take medication and I still had to get some injections and I also had to get some blood work. Um, and I did that and I ended up getting pregnant the first time around. However, the levels drastically went down so then I had a miscarriage um, which is um, a chemical pregnancy which is a very early on um, miscarriage which usually many women go through this but unfortunately not many people educate educate us about it and we only find out about it when we're going through these type of fertility issues Um, so 
you know, a lot of women, they think they don't know that they're pregnant. They get like their period. Right. So that's what sometimes happens. And sometimes they do miscarry. Um, and that's what a chemical pregnancy is. Um, so then I did have a chemical pregnancy. Um, I was devastated, clearly, because um, I was like, oh, my gosh, like we were able to. And, you know, the doctor was trying to be hopeful with me um, and saying, like, well, at least we know that you can, that you could get pregnant. This is a good sign. And I was like, okay. And we tried for the next maybe five months, four or five months, trying to see where my ovulation was. Um, however, I was not ovulating in the correct fallopian tube, and I was only ovulating in the blocked tube. Um, so, like at this point, I'm already what two I years from a search. Two years in. I'm sorry. <laughs> two years. In. And um, I'm already two years in and uh, doing this process. And I'm just like, I'm just like, oh, I need a break. Like I told my husband and I like in tears, you know, I, I, I lived in New Jersey. I was going to the fertility specialist in New York. I was commuting from New Jersey to New York and then from New York to, to New Jersey again to work. I used to get to that doctor's office at six o'clock in the morning, getting blood work done getting um you know ultrasounds to see how everything was going and it was just becoming like a big toll on me um and it, it was my husband couldn't really understand you know like he he was there for me and but he couldn't really understand like what it was doing to like my mental health and then my body as well because you know I was getting blood work done I was getting injections I was drinking more pills like they kept upping the um the dosage and it was just a lot and, you know, not a lot of people knew what I was going through. And that was just another thing. I just didn't want to tell people because I guess I was shameful. You know, I was shameful that I couldn't get pregnant. Like I couldn't get pregnant with just my husband and I. And I had to go through science. Um, and, you know, I shouldn't be. You know, I shouldn't be shameful. I was like God made, you know, um, God gave fertility specialists the gift of being able to give moms, you know, this um, beautiful blessing. Um, but, you know, my husband and I decided to take a break and we literally just, you know, just decided just let's just have fun. Let's go on vacation. Let's let's do this. Let's do that. And in January of 2019, we'll restart this again. So we decided, I believe it was like June or July, July, I believe it was July. We decided to just like, let's take a break for the rest of the year and just focus on us. Let's like continue on working like on our marriage, putting more into our marriage, um, just focusing on that. Um, and lo and behold, I ended up getting pregnant. We ended up getting pregnant on our own. <laughs> and I found out I was pregnant sick when I was six weeks pregnant. Um, I had switched my doctor um, my OBGYN because my previous OBGYN didn't do um, what he was supposed to and the fertility specialist even told me like you need to like find somebody new um, so you know I ended up going to another OBGYN I told them I was like listen I know I have some issues with um, with with having my period I just wanted to let you know that I am late if you could take a test I was like I usually take a test at home it came back negative but I'm sure you guys have better tools than, than I do um, so they ended up taking a test and they told me I was pregnant and I literally said no I'm not <laughs> like I told the doctor I was like, no, I'm not. I was like, I'm seeing a fertility specialist. He told me that I couldn't get pregnant on my own, that I needed help. And he was like, congratulations, you are pregnant. And I was like, no, I'm not. Like, you have to get blood work now. Like, I was in disbelief and I, I couldn't even... And because I was so nervous of like for the first time, when the first time back earlier that year, I had told my husband that we were pregnant right after the IUI. So we were like so happy and, you know, we were like, oh, my gosh, I'm thinking about all these things that we're going to do and when the child was going to be born. And then I had the miscarriage. So then I was so scared to come again and tell my husband like we're pregnant. So I literally waited. Oh. <laughs> I waited. Like a week oh and a goodness. half, I got the blood work done. Um, they had to do two different blood works. Um, and then I was like, how's the, how's the levels? Like, are the levels going up? Like, is, you know, is this real? And then um, 
the levels kept going up, like tripling. So they were like, no, no, it's real. Like you're definitely pregnant. <laughs> and I was like, oh my gosh. So then I started crying and I told the nurse, I was like, you don't understand what I've been through. And like literally the nurse and I started bonding about like what I've been through. Uh-huh. Um, so yeah, so then I ended up waiting until they gave me like that appointment for the ultrasound. And I told my husband maybe like two days mm-hmm. before, I was like, you need to take off that day, you know, kind of thing. And he was, I wanted to, re- I wanted to record the moment but then at the same time I was like no this is for us so I just you know I created something beautiful for for us and I told him and you know his birthday was coming up it was like a couple of days before and I you know surprised him with a with a birthday gift so that was my you know me telling him like I can't believe that we are actually pregnant (laughs) oh my gosh my eyes are getting watery I'm so excited for you guys (laughs) Okay, so, um, you know, so you, you guys end up getting pregnant literally on your own after, like, you've been diagnosed. And, you know, I just want to revisit that because you are literally, like, the okay. fifth person I know, like, personally know yeah. to say something like that. Like, I've had people who it took years and then they got pregnant through IUI and then, like, right. a surprise baby came around or, like, or, like, other people who I literally my sister and I are two years apart and both of our pregnancies we both ended up getting pregnant together like unintentionally and she's been told her whole life that she would have problems so the fact that she had two miracle babies and now our children are at least Mm. months apart is just so crazy like I don't know do you did you feel I know before you were like, oh, did this happen to me because of some karma? So how did it feel? Oh, this, time, this around? time around. So going back, um, and I know I shared this on my on my Instagram account. And, you know, in after my husband and I decided to take that break, um, I used to serve at, at our church. Um, and we were we were on the church we were at the church serving and I had like this urge to just go up to the altar for you know like for my pastor or somebody to pray over me and you know and I kept telling God like God you know my heart like you know what I want like you know what my husband and I desire Um, you know you 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 have forgiven me you know I you know, like for anything that I have done in the past, you know, that I am not that person anymore. And like, you know, like I, like, I just kept praying to him and I was like, and whomever, like just touch somebody to like pray over me. Like I can't go up to the altar, but just pray that, that somebody could actually pray for me. And crazy enough, somebody literally, I and mind you, I wasn't praying about this out loud. I was praying this in my mind, telling God, but God literally like said, let me give her the confirmation right now um somebody from like she was sitting all probably like midway from where I was at she came over to me and she literally put her hands on like my womb like on my like over my stomach and she Mm. said whatever blockage that you have may it be like destroyed kind of thing like that was like her I'm I'm actually like paraphrasing because I'm literally getting chills all over again right now as I'm saying And I think when I was told that I was in disbelief when I was told I was pregnant, but then at the same time, I was like, wow, God, like you, you really are like powerful. And like, your name is powerful. Like you, you really make with us that, you know, like you really are telling me, like, believe Mm -hmm. in me and trust in me that that your time, my timing is the right timing, not your timing, you know? Um, So I like my husband and I were like he was like are you serious like we both cried literally for like 15 minutes and I was like I can't believe it um but I was still you know I was still like you know we're we're very controlling I guess you could say right like our human nature and I was like oh but I'm I'm scared so every week it was just like okay okay so I made I made it to week eight I made it to week nine like that was how my entire pregnancy was like you know like in my and once I started feeling like the flutters and 
and the kicks i was like oh he's you know he's in there like he's in there he's, he's driving he's mm-hmm. you know he is going to be here he's going to be healthy and you know i started giving myself like birth affirmations to to myself and praying over my my body and for my body to be you know a a womb that is going to be able to birth um a beautiful and healthy baby boy <laughs> yeah Oh my goodness, that's so beautiful. Mm-hmm. I love that. Yeah. I love hearing those testimonies that really like, you know, your, oh, yes. your faith was really tested and in that moment. Um it's beautiful when we look right, at that. Right, right. And you know, and then sometimes right. even when when we we look for a sign and sometimes we don't receive it, right? Like how how do we how do we accept that as well? Right. Cause at, at one point I was like, God, what's going on? Like, <laughs> why are you not like, you know, I try, I'm right. trying. It's been year. It's been six months. It's been a year. It's been a year and a half. It's been two years. What's going mm-hmm. on? You know, and it, it was about literally letting go, like trusting, like, okay, like I'm not going to be in control of this anymore. Like you, you know, when, I'm supposed to have this child, you know, and you know, the reasons why my previous pregnancy did not go into flow, like did not flourish um, into, you know, the baby being here. Yeah. Wow. And so, okay. Yes. Now you're going through week by week. You're not even letting yourself fully celebrate. Yes. You're holding your breath. Right. So tell us, how did it feel? So you finally get to the day where it's, this you know yeah for your baby oh my gosh my birth story is so (laughs) so I was due August 5th um however my son decided to that he wanted to come a week early (laughs) so I went into labor um July 29th of last year and my water broke at like four o'clock in the morning but I had no idea that my water had like it was my water breaking I was just like I don't know this must be some type of discharge like that was like just my you know what I said and I you know I text my doula Mm -hmm. and she was like oh I don't think you should be worried about it because you know you're a first-time mom and you probably would be a week late or so so you you should be fine but if anything still call your doctor let them know what what happened and then they'll they'll tell you what you should do next so I allowed my husband to go to work I didn't even tell him that my my water broke because I personally did not know that that was my water (laughs) breaking because this whole time I was waiting for this mucus plug to come out and the mucus plug never came out so I was I literally every time I cleaned myself during like that last month I was like mucus plug mucus plug like the whole entire time (laughs) you know because my my doula had told me about it (laughs) And, um, so I went to the doctors and they were like, oh, so like, they literally were like, sort of like making fun of me kind of thing. They were like, so you think that your water broke? I was like, well, I don't actually don't know if my water broke. I was like, I know that there's some gushes coming and I have no idea what's going on. Um, so she checked me and she was, and then she took out her fingers and literally it was like, uh, like if it was like a flood, <laughs> like floor like my water she was like oh yeah your water definitely did break she was like you definitely need to go to the hospital right now and I was like right now I was like no I'm not going right now I'm going home to get my stuff because I can't believe this happening so I get I'm literally shaking like as soon as she told me that yes my water broke and I was just like oh my gosh this was not supposed to happen this way like what is going on so I started shaking and like feeling so uneasy about um what was going to happen because she told me that I wasn't dilated yet and um that my water had just I guess popped or broke or whatever I don't know what happened she couldn't even explain to me what happened um so she was like okay so just make sure you know that you don't last too long and go to the hospital because every you know every hour that your water breaks, um, it could um, be risky for the baby in you. I was like, okay, sure. So I, as soon as I got to the car, I started hysterically crying. <laughs> like I was, I called my doula and I was crying. She was like, okay, you need to breathe. She was like, breathe. She was like, this is what's going to happen. And she was, and then she like, like took me to like what I'm supposed to do. What should I do at home? 
wait for Danny, my husband. Um, she's like, eat something because you're not going to be able to eat something as soon as you like get to the hospital. Um, mm-hmm. And, you know, take a shower, she said, because you don't know when you're going to take a shower again. Um, so I went ahead and I did that. My, 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 my hospital bag was halfway done. So I was like freaking out. I was like, oh my gosh, this would happen to me. I was like, this is the reason why you should have your things ready like a month in advance. <laughs> So, you know, we get to the hospital um, and the doctor that was on call, she was really upset with me um, because I waited a couple of hours and my doula was like, listen, like there's many women that waited out at home. Like you are fine. Like, don't worry about it. Like she literally, the doctor called me on my way over there and she was just like, where are you? You were supposed to be here X, X amount of hours ago. And I was like, well, I needed to do this. I needed to do that. I needed my dog. I also was like, I have a dog. Like, I needed my dog to be taken care of. Like, you know, I had to put things in order. Um, so it was a little. So on, that alone got me like also on edge because she was. And I was like, oh, I don't want her to deliver my baby. Like that. That then that became like a like an issue. And thank God, you know, I was yeah. I was in labor for a very long time for about thirty six hours. Um, and I only dilated up to four centimeters. Um, I did not want an epidural. Um, I did not want any interventions with me. And I was able to sustain um, the contractions up until like I was, you know, four centimeters. Um, however, they were like, okay, so we need to do something to like continue in um in um for you to go because you're ba- you know you're now it's been so many hours that your water broke and nothing is happening so then i agreed for the pitocin um crying hysterically crying because i was like this is not what was in my birth plan this is not how it was supposed to go and i knew that a birth plan is just you know something to have so you could like you know you know, make sure that this is how it should be or like, or how you want it to be. Um, but my birth plan, literally like nothing that I wanted in my birth plan literally happened. Like everything out the window, um, I ended up that I had to have not an emergency C-section, but because he was already, he wanted to come down. Like he want, he was literally going through the birth canal <laughs> and I, and the doctor was like, we need to like intervene. And I don't know if they pressured me. Um, they could have, <laughs> but at that moment, I just wanted my son to be healthy. And that was the only thing that I, that in my mind, I needed for him to be okay and for me to be okay. And I just wanted him to be here um, because uh, that's, that's all I cared about. Um, so I literally threw up before I had that C-section because I guess my nerves and all the shots that they gave me and everything, you know, I literally threw up. My doula was there like massaging me and she was like, everything's going to be okay. Like she was just trying to like, put me at ease and I was like but this was not what was supposed to happen like she literally climbed to the bed <laughs> I remember she climbed to the bed and like oh hugged me God. and she cried with me and like I have to Aww. say like women please 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 get a doula <laughs> or you know midwife and I actually switched over I know. switched over so midwife important. now because I yes. wasn't as happy with um, the outcome of how everything happened um so I ended up di- I switched to, to midwife and actually is to the same one that you have <laughs> we ended up out later yes yes yes, yes. so I actually have my appointment with them next week um, just to see how everything is going. Yeah. Stop <laughs> it. So do I. I have a wellness appointment. Well, I have a wellness appointment. I am not pregnant. I, I have, have a wellness have a pap's Midwife. Not, Midwife I'm not pregnant wellness. either. <laughs> I'm going on oh, August That's so 5th funny. Duty. <laughs> well, it was my duty, right? I last year. Yes, knows. yes. That um, was my duty last year. Yeah. Um. That's so funny. So, okay. So your son was born. And so tell me, how did everything feel once you, you know, were on the other side? And oh, my gosh. It was like, it literally felt 
though I was at a daze, um, I literally just remembered his, his cry. I remember his cry when they took him out. I felt everything. Like, not the pain. I just felt the movement of them taking him out via uh, C-section. And I wow. heard his cry. And I guess I either fell asleep or something. But I was just, mind you, I was up for maybe 36 hours. Like, when you're in the hospital, you really don't sleep. You really don't sleep. Like, mm-hmm. you know, um, and then cu- the, the mm-hmm. nurse is coming in every time, checking you. Like, even though I advocated for myself to stop checking me because they're not doing, like, they're just making things worse. <laughs> they were not paying attention to me. Um, so, yeah. When I heard his cry, it was like, oh, he's here kind of thing. And my husband, I remember him like, it just like, I remember him like just in my ear, like saying like, he's here. He has his 10 toes. He has his 10 fingers. He's so healthy, you know, like, and I just kept hearing that like fainted. Like it was just like a faint, like, um, like a faint memory because I, you know, it, it's hard once you C-sections are brutal. And, you know, I, I, at the same time, I think I, I don't know if you felt this as well, but like, I felt like, Oh my gosh, am I, I'm not woman enough. I was not able to like, you know, go through the actual vaginal birth. Like that's how I felt. I also at that moment, it's crazy, right? Like at that moment, that's what you feel because you had to go mm-hmm. through that. Um, mm-hmm. But then I remember my husband bringing my son to me and my son just was looking for my nose to like, <laughs> to like suck on it. I have pictures of that moment. Like the nurses were amazing pictures of that um so you know I I, it's just like everything got erased at that moment and then and then I don't know what else happened because then I literally felt everything like them stitching me up um them taking me to the recovery room um and I was able to see him and you know I couldn't really stand up like it was just like a hard it was a hard situation to be in because I really couldn't move to pick him up or to carry him. My husband had to always give him to me because I was in a lot of pain, clearly. Um, it's major surgery, right? Um, but but yeah, so I, I don't know. I felt like all my troubles that I went through to get him here was erased, like he's finally here he's in my arms he's with us um you know and it just felt so surreal and so beautiful at the same time and like how as crazy as that may sound um but I also wanted to share my story because there's so many women that struggle with um, fertility and it's so crazy um that now I think now more and more women are speaking up about it you know you keep seeing it on on social media like their IVF journeys their IUI journeys their fertility journeys or they can't have a child at all and they adopt or you know all these different stories you keep hearing and actually and now more and more you see it on TV too um um, which is beautiful to see um and I think it should continue um and being spoken about because it's so important like um, I knew I wasn't alone anymore. Um, when I could, when I started seeing a fertility specialist, I was like, okay, so I'm not the only one struggling, you know? Um, so I, I just, I was just like, oh, exactly. this is, this is what it was meant to be like, <laughs> you know? Uh, but hopefully things are differently next time, you know? And it, not hopefully it will be. <laughs> Let me. Yeah. Yes. Manifest that. Yes. Everything here, you know? Now. Now, I love to talk about some other topics that I love I love to hear and have people um, share the reality so that they get a real understanding of the right. expectations right. of postpartum, right? So, you know, talk to me maybe like what was the most eye-opening thing with regards to like breastfeeding, um, feeding your baby postpartum and just being a parent and just you know, congratulations, oh. you're about to have like, your one year, you know, yes. of being a parent, right? And I always, my thing is I always congratulate the parents right. on the child's right. first birthday. Because I think that when a baby's born, people aren't, aren't like, hi, your mother identity was just right. born. I don't think anyone, like, they don't, they don't. The mother mm-hmm. in the room. And, 
Yeah. And when, and when they like, when parents, mm-hmm. especially when two people right. survive <laughs> one whole year, <laughs> one whole year of, of keeping right. another right. human alive. Right. Yeah. And not killing each other. Yes. It is like the biggest miracle <laughs> it is. on earth. Like, <laughs> so talk to me if you wanted to say like, the highlight of like what was the biggest craziest thing that you didn't know or that you experienced yes. with like that I have to say that with um I know you s- spoke about the breastfeeding um I was I was really hard on myself with that aspect as well because you know when you have a c-section um it takes t- a little bit of time for your milk to flow so I was being hard on myself with that so I was like I need to take I need to drink all these teas I need to have all these cookies I need to do all these things you know to to help me flow um and, you know and, and my and my doula was like do not do that like you know she was like I'll go to your house like and she came <laughs> and you know and I was able to like when I remember when I was able to pump my first like four ounces like two ounces and two ounces you know and I was like oh my body could do this like you know and unfortunately because I wasn't um I'm, I wasn't um, having the flow, you know, my son had to be on formula for the first couple of, you know, weeks and not, and well, not unfortunately, you know, like my, my child had to thrive somehow, some way. And that was the decision that, that, that we made. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. Until, you know, my milk officially flows, so we'll switch to, to breast milk. And that's what we ended up doing. And, you know, my son was, was thriving, gr- um, growing and, you know, he's, he's smart <laughs> he's so smart um and i i believe that i believe that's one of my my beautiful moments right of like pumping milk and being able to actually see that my body could do that um and in regards to postpartum it's like it's real like believe it like ah oh, it's hard it's hard like you not sleeping maybe an hour <laughs> like for a while you know until things get a groove and even when things are in a groove your child will literally throw a curveball at you and you're like what the heck (laughs) and you know having to like go through that curveball with you with your partner um and I remember like my husband like being lack of sleep and me having lack of sleep and there were times that he was just like why can't he go to sleep and I was like you know what give him to me go to sleep it's okay because you know he my husband had to go to work I was home um and you know I I had the privilege of staying home for a little longer because I was able to save up um because this you know this is something that I waited for for so long I wanted to be with my son for as long as I could so I was able to like that last year before going on leave to save up as much as I can because unfortunately here in the United States they don't give you that much of a leave unfortunately um so I was Oh, I was able was to be home for eight months. Able to be home with him yes, because I have. Wow. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, so I, you know, and because I was wow. tenured as well, they couldn't like give my position to anybody else. Um, so I used to work out of school. Um, and as you know, I quit <laughs> this year. Um, so I was able to. Um, I had I had insurance. And um, I remember putting insurance a couple of years back when my husband and I decided to try to have a, um, to conceive. Um, so I had that and I knew that I had that money and I had saved more money and then I had, you know, the state money. So we were OK. You know, we were like we were fine. Um, and then it came to a point like, you know, I had to there was a time that I had to to go back to work and then COVID happened. And then I ended up literally staying home <laughs> the entire time um so to me it's just I think is it's it's hard to 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 be the only one that your son wants because unfortunately that was also another issue that that happened my my child wasn't taken care of by anybody else so my son only wanted me and my husband the whole entire time and but at the same time it's such a blessing seeing seeing him grow seeing him crawl seeing him take his first steps search and being able i'm so sorry that's my watch <laughs> um, and, and just being no able to like be there for every moment but it's also so hard um and going through all those emotions um and the ups and downs and like 
you know, the arguments sometimes because it happens, you know, lack of sleep could do that to you. Um, and, you know, I'm grateful that I had a good support system. I am like my mom was here with me for two weeks. My in-laws were here and like giving me and like making food for me. Like I literally did not cook. I think for maybe the first three or four months because they literally send me food for like the week. Like it was just, you know, or every time they just wanted right. to clear. They wanted to be here with their grandchild as well. So they wanted to to bring food and care for us. So, you know, and unfortunately not a lot of people have that. And I, I kept saying to myself, I was like, I don't know how women do it. Like, I really don't know. And I praise them. I praise them that, you know, for women that, that, don't have family around you know or like that they're you know by themselves it's only their husband and themselves and yeah friends are great but you know friends also have their own lives you know um so it I, I was I was blessed I was blessed to have a good support system um but always ask for help always not do not not ask for help because of pride or because you think that you know you um you're you're the mom now and you have to do everything no like like if somebody extends the that they want to help you if they tell you could I go and clean your house you tell them yep come come clean the house uh <laughs> I had some laundry for you Girl, to go in you know? yep. and I remember my when my mom left and my husband started working it was just me and my child it was just me and him all day all night and I literally called my mom maybe like a month after and I was like could you like not crying but I was like but could you come like at least once or twice a week throughout the day and like help me so I could like maybe take a nap or or something I had to I had to do that because and I had to advocate for myself for that because I did not want to I did not want to fall into that, um, like a depression state or like an anxiety state or anything like that, because I do know that, you know, sometimes we're prone to that because of all the hormone changes and everything. So I just didn't want that for me. Um, and I'm also thankful that I have like my friend, like Evie, you know, like, you know, her now as well, that she was mm -hmm. always checking up on me, you know, and like, I had so many friends and I had told them before I gave birth, I was like, please check up on me. Even when I tell you that I'm okay. <laughs> like, I literally said and I said yeah. at like month four you know because I was like I did stay at home for the first 40 days you know I don't know if you if you practice that but in Dominican Republic they the first 40 days are like various um you can't wash your hair you can't um bend down too much you you have to do like you know you could bathe but not wash your hair and you know you have to take care of yourself and not go out unless it's the doctor's appointments um so I really just took care of myself during that during that time and my mom took care of me so I just made sure to tell my friends like hey at month four or like three if I have not gone out of the house could you please drag me out of the house because <laughs> I'm, I'm gonna need like a <laughs> like a you know a drink or like just chill or like talk to another adult you know yeah. aside from my husband um and you know my friends did that because I told them you know I gave them a homework <laughs> and they followed through <laughs> I love that you had a postpartum plan and I'm sure a lot of this had to do because yes. you had a doula and doulas are like the secret yes, they are. Um, and I remember thinking my first time I didn't have a doula and I remember the first time someone said that to me I was just like why would I want a stranger with me like I couldn't right. get over the concept that why would I want to have a stranger with me in my most vulnerable moment and then when you're in that moment and your birth yeah. team includes no one who's actually given birth and knows what you're going through right. it was horrific for me so the second time around I definitely was like let me have my postpartum plan set up let me get a doula and so I, I, I know that like for anyone listening that's what a doula helps you do they help you see the right. things you can't see for yourself because you're not exactly on the other side yet yep they help you so um, much <laughs> and to be honest like mm -hmm. my doula she's more than a doula like she's my friend like we literally still talk to each okay. other right now um and like just to even tell you like this small thing she she also had you know um um she also went through you know issues um with conceiving and that same day that i went into labor she was getting her IVF, um, treat, like her, you know, um, 
was a retrieval or something. Yeah, her retrieval. And she mm-hmm. couldn't be there mm-hmm. with me that same night that I went into the hospital. But could you believe this girl still came like all drugged up, <laughs> you know, after after her process and and I was like I know that I paid you but girl you have to take care of yourself and she was like no I'm here I'm not even here because like you paid me I'm here because I need I know you need me kind of thing um you know oh my god like you guys don't know like doulas and and I'm sure I'm gonna fall in love with midwife even though I already did my interview with them a couple of months ago so I love them already so I cannot wait until the next (laughs) um my next child eventually whenever god willing um so I yeah I'm I'm sure that I'm gonna love my midwife as well and you know I, I doulas are so important like even if you can't have like a like a um, during your pregnancy doula, maybe you could have a postpartum doula. Like, there's different packages for, for, for that. You know, um, yep. it's so important. People don't like. You need so much. You need even more help in postpartum. Like, that's when the real work happens. <laughs> you know. I know. Speaking of that, I was actually looking for a postpartum doula. And so for anyone listening to just the kind of packages that they offer are typically like you're going to purchase their services for a few weeks at a time. Um, So it looks something like, you know, purchasing them to come to your house, maybe two to three times a week, or maybe every day for either a half day or a full day, like meaning four Mm -hmm. hours or eight hours. Um, if you want them to come at night so you can get sleep, that's usually right. a surcharge. Um, and you would set this all up kind of like yes, yes. in a way. And some um, of them also even do food. You know, like they have like food service. Yeah, they'll yeah. clean for you. They'll cook for you. And um, in fact, I actually ended up not going with that because it was uh-huh. too pricey for me. But because I spent all my money on a doula and placenta encapsulation, which I swear uh, I am. But I wanted to do that. And I, did I tell you that, right? That I wanted to do them because of the C-section. They told me that I couldn't. Yep. Which, girl, we'll see you all the <laughs> Yes. Now yes. that you're over here. <laughs> um, but I actually ended up, what I ended up doing was there's like a New Jersey mom, like Facebook um, okay sitter thread for like oh. different neighborhoods for Bergen County and so someone put me on and I went on there and like what I like about it is that you know I don't like all these other websites for getting nannies and stuff because like it's fine and dandy that they went through a background check but like there's still right. nobody to me right versus like on Facebook you can go through <laughs> right <stop people laughs> let me let me see who you really you see that they're a real person <laughs> Right. Like, and I, you know, like, if you're going to be with my child, I want to see everything Mm -hmm. about you. Right. So like I, I met this girl, Emily, I like stalked her (laughs) Facebook. She was like a theater student who was home for the summer. I was like, you're perfect. Um, You're going to entertain my toddler and then you're going to hold my baby, whatever. And, you know, I actually interviewed her and I was so ready to like hire her and I had her phone number and I was ashamed. And I just, I was ashamed. I don't know why I couldn't call her so many times. I just couldn't call her. And even when I did like want to call her, I was like, why would I spend so much money? And like, it wasn't even that much money. It was like maybe 15 to $20 yeah. an hour. Like, like I was getting paid. Like I had a paid maternity leave. Like, why was I so like, oh, I don't know what it do was. You, do you feel that it was like, and, maybe like what people are going to perceive more than you being ashamed of yourself? I don't even know, girl, because it was such a haze. But all I know is I got through that and I freaking was like, listen, can you come to my house and be with my baby from 10 p.m. to 1 a.m. so I can just get those first three hours of sleep? If I just get those (laughs) first three hours of sleep, like I will be able to survive. And she was like, of course. And of course, right at 1 a.m., he started crying and I woke up and like I went downstairs to, you know, pay her and to take him back. But, you know, like, those are the types of things that nobody tells you that like you will literally do anything for one to three hours yes yes (laughs) it's so important right like and and that like even if you sleep Mm -hmm. like if you slept like only one hour and you're able to nap for like an hour another hour you feel brand new yeah (laughs) 
brand new during like postpartum and you know and and it's and it's hard i know that people say like sleep when the baby sleeps and it is hard it is hard because you want to well i need to cook i need to clean i need to do all those things but at the same time if you are pouring from an empty cup to everybody else then you're not going anywhere like it's gonna be even harder um so I there were times that I was like listen I'm going to I, I would text my husband I was like I'm going to nap with my son <laughs> like and I was like just letting you know if dinner's right. gonna be a little bit late then it's gonna be a little bit late and you know he was very understanding and you know we I think we communicated even more during during like my pregnancy and my and my postpartum and I don't know if it has to do more with like everything that we have been through and then we just got to a point where we're like we're in this together kind of thing and we're giving a hundred percent each this is our child and you know I gave a hundred percent and you gave a hundred percent so we need to work through this together um so that you know, and, and not that's everybody wonderful. gets to have that oh, one. And I completely understand, you know, like, mm-hmm. so a lot of people like their husbands work a lot and, you know, and they have to sleep because they need to also bring the money in and they need to, you know, you know, I, I understand that. But as for, mm-hmm. for what worked for us, it was that communicating with each other and like telling, like, could you pick something up instead or could your parents? Or, or he will call me and be like, oh, my parents already did food. They're sending it over kind of thing. So I was like, okay, you know, so, you know, it, it really worked um, in that aspect. And I, and I did try my best to like sleep when the baby slept, but there was other times that I would just be so nervous to sleep when the baby slept. So I was like, what if I like sleep through and like, he's crying hysterically and I did not, pick, and I did not wake <laughs> up, but no, you will. <laughs> there, there's their cries are very very Mm -hmm. um high pitch at that age (laughs) yeah and even when they're not crying you'll imagine that they're crying and you'll still wake up no and the best part is this is like second time mommy maddie talking to you even if you do sleep through it good for you girl a little crying (laughs) never killed nobody it's okay it's okay like I will put him down and be like you're gonna cry and we're gonna cry together and I'm gonna come back and hug you (laughs) like it's okay so it was so good talking to you yes I guess I just want to get one last thing before I um, end our call and that is I like to offer um, this platform for listeners to also connect with each other so I give you an opportunity at the end to do one of both of two things or whichever one you know Mm -hmm. or both if you want Um, either leave people with um, an affirmation that really helped Mm -hmm. you through motherhood or put out something that you're looking to manifest for yourself and hopefully we can all raise your vibration and a listener can you know help move that um, in favor for you so yes you okay so for me my affirmation would um would be like I don't know if, if it's okay for a bible verse that I could say oh so, um just wholeheartedly believe in Philippians four thirteen, and it says I can do all things through him who gives me strength um and that literally was what helped me through my entire pregnancy um, and so this day it still helps me um, to believe in him and he gives me all the strength even when I feel down or I'm going through my ups and downs of motherhood because it will happen and it is okay to go through them um, but know that you could you could go through it like he is not going to give you something that you can't handle and you know we are more powerful than what than what we personally think. Yes, yeah, mamas are the most powerful thing on this planet. Oh, thank you so much for leaving us with that. Well, it's been such a pleasure, and I am so excited for everyone to hear your story. And I just want to say again, like I'm so proud of you for opening up and processing all of this and sharing your story. I know that there's so yeah. much healing in that, and there's so much more healing yeah. that's going to come for you. And I am just so excited on the other <laughs> side of like my healed like c-section trauma journey that I just like you know I want all of that yes 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 I I want that as well because next time it will be a v-back hopefully (laughs) God willing (laughs) yeah oh yeah so let's end with let's end with I will definitely be sending you an invitation for the next chapter meeting of I can which is an 
a nonprofit. It stands for International Cesarean Awareness Network. And there's a monthly support group. I recently became um, a peer support leader for the North chapter. And thank you. And um, there's a beautiful midwife who is no longer practicing, but she is like the most beautiful 70s, (laughs) 70s, like hippie Bronx white lady who like lives in suburbia (laughs) now. She's so cool. And, um, you know, what she does is she basically holds space for everyone to process um, all of the mixed emotions that C-sections bring (laughs) within us. And also educate and empower you to understand your rights and to know how to maneuver the medical system um, for your VBAC. And so I'm so excited to go on that journey along with you. Yes, thank you so much. Thank you for, again, for allowing me to share my story. And I hope that somebody that hears it um, could resonate and know that, you know, he is able and you're able. (laughs) Absolutely. And we will have um, all of Yesenia's contact details in the show notes so everyone can follow your journey awesome. and contact you. If yes. Want to know more. Thank you. Thank you, you Mama. Have, have a you good night. one. Take care. <laughs> Bye. And don't forget to put your uh, turn off the. Yes. 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 I actually do it when I go to sleep <laughs> because, you know. <laughs> it's a You're smart. You got so it. Good night. Thank you. <laughs> Good night, Mama. Bye.